Hey, good morning, City Lift fam. Great to be back with you guys for another at-home edition of City Lift Church. We miss you guys. Can't wait to get back together. Until that, we're gonna do what we can here to keep feeding you the Word of God and just pray that it transforms your life. And so, what a wild time. We're excited for the future. I know that eventually this is gonna end and we're gonna go forward and our best days are still ahead of us. However this twists and turns, we're gonna get we're gonna get through it. We miss you and we love you guys. So just know that our hearts are with you while we're apart. And again, I know we have to social distance, but we don't have to emotionally have distance. We don't have to spiritually have distance with each other. So keep reaching out to each other, keep going to Zoom groups, keep doing what you can do to stay engaged with our church and each other. And I know a lot of people need the encouragement right now. So man, just keep going. Uh, at a leaders meeting this last week, I said, you know, everybody needs a Paul. Everybody needs a Silas and everybody needs a Timothy. We need somebody that's pouring into our lives. We need friends that were on the same level, kind of holding each other's back. And then we need somebody we're pouring our lives into, you know, and that keeps us fresh as well. And so, you know, make sure in this season, you got a Paul, you got a Silas and you got a Timothy uh, so that we can all stay connected. Well, hey, listen, today I'm excited because we're kind of winding down the Family Matters Volume 2 series. Next week is going to be Pastor Alyssa and Pastor Marielle. They're going to do a special Mother's Day. So moms, we love you. We're excited to encourage you next week uh, as they're going to share. And it's going to be a lot of fun. They're going to open up their lives and man, all things motherhood next week. So stay tuned for that. But today we are going to wind down and I'm going to talk a little bit about how do we build joy? How do we make our day-to-day -day home life Disney World, right? Minus the long lines and 100 degrees. How do, we, how do we build peace and joy into our house on a daily basis? And while no family is perfect, I do believe all families can be healthy. And I think one of the reasons Jesus came was to show us how to live life God's way. And we can actually do that. We can do family God's way. And I think there's some great benefits to that. Recently, my mother-in-law bought my son a bunch of Transformer toys and he's been asking for them and, and he loves Transformers. He's been like really into them lately. And my mother-in-law, she, she actually runs like an online toy store. She's crushing it. So mom, if you're watching, shout out to you. We're so proud of you and your online toy. You're killing it, uh, your toy store there. So she, she got him some Transformers and I want to show you, this is Optimus Prime right here, everybody. And I actually had some Transformers uh, when I was growing up as well. Uh, I'm, I'm an 80s baby. Shout out to all the 80s babies out there. And, and so I grew up on G.I. Joe and Ninja Turtles and Transformers, right? I'm just, we're talking old school toys now. And, uh, and I forgot how challenging it was to transform Optimus Prime from Optimus Prime to like semi-truck Optimus Prime and then back again. And so he's got like eight of these Transformers now. And I've been trying to like, you know, and of course he can't do it, he's three. So he's like, here dad, transform my, my toy back to what it was. And of course, the moment I get them all transformed to like robot form, he's like, I want it to be a truck, you know? And so it's like our, our whole time playing together is me just trying to transform these things back and forth. And I forgot how frustrating these guys were. I mean, you have to make these moves in sequence and you gotta make the right moves at the right time and then you can transform it into what it's designed to be. Um, and if you, get, if you get it wrong or you make a wrong twist, it, it's just kind of frustrating. 
In the same way, God has a sequence of moves we can make in relationships that build healthy, strong relationships and a healthy, strong foundation and family. And today, that's, that's what I wanna talk about. So what are the elements that create a home full of joy? Romans 14, 17 says, for the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking, but of righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. Righteousness, peace, and joy. What, what do we want in a family? Man, we want righteousness, peace, and joy in our family unit. Really what we want, guys, is we want the kingdom of God invading our tiny kingdoms. We want the Holy Spirit invading our family space. We want God's ways to kind of come in and rule our ways. As we do that, we are going to build our family on God's principles. God is a loving and life-giving God. And if we want our home life to be loving and life-giving, we want God involved in our family. Now, here's the thing. God is not going to just come in and, and create a coup and take over your family. You actually have to invite God into your family. He, he's not gonna hijack your spouse's brain and make them behave. He, he, he's not gonna, the Holy Spirit's not gonna take over and control your two-year-old like a robot, even though sometimes we, we wish he would. You know, he has to be invited. In fact, God works in us so he can work through us. And as God works in every single family member, all of a sudden now the family is being built up as God is working now through the family. What you've discovered now after seven, eight weeks now of quarantine, if you didn't know this already before, is you're not married to a perfect person. By now, you really know that. You know that your children are not perfect, right? Maybe you sent them to school and you're like, man, my daughter's perfect. Now you've discovered, no, they're not. You know, we've been locked together with a lot of stress and different things. And so we know now each other, we're definitely not perfect. You know, you're not married to a perfect person. Your kids aren't perfect. You're not perfect, but we are in process and we can make progress. We're not perfect. We're in process and we can make progress. And while we can't be perfect, we can be healthy. What are the moves that it's going to take to get us there. How do we transform from where we are now to where we want to be and where we can be, okay? So the first, first few moves that I wanna focus on, and today my disclaimer is I've got like 20 minutes here. There's no way I'm gonna cover all the moves that are needed to build a great family. Uh, I would love to maybe come back to this subject. In fact, we might hit the family up every single year in the life of our church because there's no way to cover it all in one series. There's so much information, and, and I always just feel like every time we touch on it, there's so much more to do. But, but what are some moves that I know for a fact that, that are part of building a great and amazing family? And the first move for me is forgiveness. The first move is forgiveness. In fact, I believe we are most like God when we are giving and when we are forgiving. And everyone in your family needs forgiveness, including you. And I love this, forgiveness sets people free. It sets people free. It sets the person who hurt you free. I love what Lewis B. Smeads, an amazing theologian said. He said, to forgive is to set a prisoner free and to discover that the prisoner was you. 
Once we are free, now the relationship can move forward. Relationships cannot move forward in chains. They have to be set free. We have to set a person free and then we can move forward. In fact, I think many relationships are not necessarily broken by the hurt that happens, but because of the unwillingness to forgive and the bitterness now that is held. In fact, you've probably heard the famous statement, you know, well, time heals all wounds. Well, not necessarily true. Time also makes bitter. You know, in life, you can grow bitter or you can grow better. I believe it's time plus forgiveness and healing in God that creates a better scenario and a better relationship and not just bitterness. Matthew 18, 21 and 22. I love this little portion of scripture. Peter came to Jesus and asked, Lord, how many times shall I forgive my brother who sins against me? Up to seven times. Let me just pause right here really quick. First of all, in the Old Testament law, you know, they talked about forgiving someone three times and after that, man, you could write them off and get rid of them, right? And so Peter, in his mind, he's like, yo, I, I took what the law said and I doubled it and then I added one for me good measure to get to God's perfect number of completion. I mean, he's in his head, he's probably like, yo, I, I got, Jesus is gonna be so impressed with my answer seven times. I mean, I, I am spiritual, I am generous. And Jesus shoots back at him in verse 22, blowing his mind. He says, I tell you, not just seven times, but 70 times seven. Whoa, 490 times. And that's just in one day. Peter's mind, boom, blows up. All the people listening in the crowd would have been like, whoa, it was supposed to be just three and Jesus now made it 490 times. I'm to forgive somebody. What do I believe Jesus is saying here? Forgiveness is ongoing. Forgiveness is ongoing. Forgiveness is, is, is a posture of the heart and not just me counting the wrongs that, that are against me. Wow, rarely do we forgive once, guys, and it's all over. Often as the hurt comes and as it comes again, you know, and if you've ever been really hurt, you know, forgiveness comes in waves and so does the pain. And every time you feel that hurt and that pain and that offense, you have a new opportunity to get bitter you know, to, to kind of nurse your wound or to hold your right to get even or to kind of wish demise on them or pray God's wrath on them. Or you have an opportunity to say, God, I'm still hurt. You know, I, I still feel the offense. Uh, my, my soul is, is still bleeding a little bit. Can you heal me? Uh, God, I pray for them. I, I pray that you would bless them. I pray that you would put them in a right relationship with you. And God, I forgive them. You know, every time that hurt comes up, we have those two options. You know, and I've gotta be honest in my life, there are times I've done this very well. There are times that I've struggled. In fact, sometimes when I get, you know, certain people sometimes take some real nasty shots, you know, and, and, and just like you, man, people take shots at pastors too. And, and whatever you're doing in life, man, people take shots at you. And so sometimes there's some really dark, you know, painful shots that, that, are, that, that get hit us. And, and it, sometimes it takes me time. And I, I've realized in my own soul, like you, know, I can't rush that process. If I genuinely still feel hurt, it's an opportunity for me actually to bring it all out again, bring it before God and forgive again. So how many times do we need to forgive? I would say as long as that hurt and that offense keeps coming up, man, you've got a new opportunity to forgive. That forgiveness is ongoing 
And it's a process. Yet if we engage that process, we're gonna see God move in our lives like never before. And we are going to stay spiritually free. Again, bitterness is the poison we drink, hoping it kills the other person. How does our family stay free? It is a family full of forgiveness. That forgiveness is ongoing. We have a revelation of setting each other free. My wife and I are gonna celebrate in August 15 years of marriage. Guys, I have lost count of how many times I have forgiven my wife. And she has definitely lost count of how many times she's had to forgive me. I couldn't even tell you the number. And whatever that is, I'm sure she's had to forgive me about two times the rate I've had to forgive her. And so she's still with me. Here's what I can honestly say. I am more in love with my wife now than I was 15 years ago. How is that possible? Because 15 years ago, she only hurt me a fraction of how she's hurt me and offended me and disrespected me over, over the 15 years, and yet I'm more in love with her now. And how is she more in love with me now, even though I've hurt her feelings, said things? It's like, it's like how is that possible that even though the offenses are greater, the love is deeper? I'll tell you how, forgiveness. In fact, when we got married, we had an older couple come up to us and say, the only advice we would give you is, is when you forgive, forgive and forget. Forgive each other like God forgives you. Throw that thing away. Throw it in the sea of forgetfulness. Don't bring it up again. Wash it all over. And when you forgive, you release the love of God. You release the power of God in your marriage and in your family. You're setting prisoners free. So move number one, man, it is all about forgiveness. How do we transform from Optimus Prime to semi-truck Optimus Prime? Number one, the first move, forgiveness, all right? How does God transform us? Forgiveness, grace, you have to do it. People cannot grow under judgment. They can only grow under grace. Everyone in your family, including you, is in need of God's great grace. Number two, the second twist or move that I believe is so important in all relationships and it's a very important in the context of family is ownership. Ownership might be the least popular word in modern times. Personal ownership, ownership. Wow, the kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy. God is a God of mercy and love and grace, yes. And he's a God of justice and righteousness. In fact, God's holiness and God's love, they run parallel. God is not all love and he's not all holiness. These two attributes of God run parallel and they need to run parallel in our lives. You know, it's been said that truth without grace is mean, right? Truth without grace, man, that's just mean, mean-spirited. It turns very, very judgmental and hard and harsh. Yet grace without truth is meaningless. Grace without truth is meaningless. Both truth and grace are needed in our lives. This plays out all the time in family, right? In the family unit, we have to create a scenario where there's fairness, where there's equality, where there's justice, where there's equal love and compassion, and, and, and where there's good and healthy boundaries. Boundaries are important in all human relationships. You know, we, we recently got a house and I've got fences on each side. You know what those fences are? They're boundaries. 
It tells me where my yard ends, where my neighbor's yard begins. It also tells me what I'm responsible for. Within my boundaries, I'm responsible for watering that grass, mowing that grass, planting those trees or whatever. I'm not responsible for what's on the other side. In fact, if I walked over to the other side, I'd be encroaching on on their space, right? Um, Or if I tried to mow their lawn, now I'm picking up a a burden I don't even need to pick up. What, What lets me have a distinction between the two? A good, healthy boundaries. You know, my kids were playing the other day and Audrey was playing with a toy and Zeeland wanted it. So he came up and he just took the toy. He wanted the toy. He felt like he deserved the toy and he just took the toy, you know? And, and there's a lot of things that go in a moment like that. And now she's crying, he's crying. Dad has to step in, you know? And I'm like, hey, Zeeland, that's okay that you want the toy, but you have to wait for your turn, right? And so there's a lot of dynamics going on. So I have to take the toy back from Zeeland, give it back to Audrey, maybe set a 10 minute timer, you know, on Alexa. So funny, if you guys have like an Echo or Alexa or whatever, man, I paid $200 for a timer. That's all I use that thing for. It's the the most expensive timer I've ever purchased in my life. And so so I'm like, hey, we got to give it a little time. Yet also, I want my daughter to have a spirit of generosity and share. I don't want her to hoard all the toys. So I want her to have generosity. Also want my son to know you can't just take people's stuff because you want it, right? That's, that's not healthy either. So, so what are we doing as parents? We're building fairness, equality. We're building generosity. We're, we're trying to lead them toward a selfless giving life and not just being selfish. A lot of dynamics to go into that. And as we get older, man, that just gets more and more complicated. Yet, I think holding on to truth and righteousness and fairness becomes even more important, right? Because the older you get, man, just the, the worse it gets. And adults, we're so funny. We're just kids with sharp teeth. That's all we are, man. We're, we go back to like kindergarten, but we just have sharp teeth now. Ownership. I think the most powerful phrase in the English language is, I am sorry. I am sorry. I take ownership of what I did wrong, of what I did selfish to hurt my spouse or to hurt my kids or, or, or to, to, do, to, to hurt somebody else or, or how I'm living in a selfish pattern. You know, repentance begins by recognizing what I'm doing is wrong. Repentance begins with I recognize my behavior is hurting people. You know, and I think it was in 1912, the Titanic sunk. And, and it sunk because it ran into an iceberg. And it, and it wasn't the ice on the surface that necessarily sank it, it was the ice underneath the surface. In fact, icebergs, the, the vast majority of the ice are underneath and you only see a little bit on the surface. I think that's very true about us humans as well. Often our negative behavior patterns they, they run much, much deeper on the inside. They're connected to some deep fear, some deep emotion, maybe, maybe a pain from our past or a wound that's never quite healed. And so, so now we've got this fear or the, this negative emotion um, or this hurt. And now all of our behavior on the surface, what people can see is connected to this massive, you know, negative emotional thing on the inside that's deep, deep down in our, in our surface. Repentance is recognizing, God, I've got hurts, habits, and hangups that need your healing. And until I deal with what's underneath the surface, 
it's hard for me to get my behavior right above the surface. But repentance, man, is recognizing, man, this is wrong. What I'm doing is wrong. It's hurting people. It's hurting my family. And I've got to take the ownership of changing. I've got to take the ownership of taking the first step. We are accountable to what the thoughts that we allow in our minds. You know, you're not accountable to every thought that just pops in your mind. You know, and you can't stop a bird from flying over your head, but man, you can stop it from making a nest in your hair, you know? And so sometimes thoughts pop in and yeah, I can't control all that, but I do control how long it stays. I, I control how long I meditate on that thought, you know? And, and I'm accountable to the words that come out of my mouth. I'm accountable to the actions that I take and the steps that I take in life, whether they're selfless or selfish. And so it's, again, it's, it's ownership. And we live in a society, nobody wants ownership, right? And, and yet when we look at God and we talk about building a relationship with Jesus and healthy relationships, God invites us into a world where we take a brave step of ownership and saying, no, this is something I know that I did wrong and, and I'm gonna own that. And I'm gonna ask God to forgive me and get a fresh start. Brave people take ownership. And you can't have a great family without the people in that family taking ownership of what they're doing wrong. You can't have a great marriage. You know, it, it takes two people to, to be mature enough to forgive and to say, I'm sorry when I get it wrong. And, and if there was a secret to our marriage, it would simply be forgiveness plus ownership. Those are the first two great moves that you have to build every single great relationship on. Families cannot exist in peace and joy and righteousness without ownership. Man, I could talk on ownership forever, but I've got to move on because I want to finish today's message. Hopefully you enjoyed that. I know I was digging in that one. The last one here today, the last move, how do we transform from this to over there what we need to be? The last one is gratitude. Gratitude. Gratitude is the cure for an entitled spirit. Gratitude is the cure for an entitled spirit. In fact, gratitude turns my gaze from what I don't have to what I do have. The Bible talks a lot about contentment, right? And we can spend a lot of our time now scrolling, right? We're just scrolling our lives away, looking at all the things we don't have. You know, and we all do this in different ways. Man, I don't have that house, don't have that car, I don't have that motorcycle, whatever. I, I don't, I'm not married. Look how happy everybody looks on Instagram. Guys, you know this, but pictures are not reality. All relationships look great on Instagram. None of it's reality. Pictures are perfect. People are not. We know this, but let me remind you this morning. Gratitude is not gazing at what I don't have. It's thanking God for what I do have and trusting him that he'll bring the things in, in my life that he wants uh, that, that are important in my heart at the right time. I think so often we, we look at things, we gaze at things that we don't have and we try to rush into it and make it happen in our own power. We miss the miracle that God's trying to work behind the scenes for us. And so the Bible talks so much about contentment. Here's the thing, when we let external factors move our levels of joy, right? We are no longer receiving the source of our joy, who is Jesus. If I'm letting external factors wave my joy, now I have now, I've now stepped out of the realm I'm really supposed to be in, and Jesus is supposed to be the source of my joy. Yet if I begin with Jesus as the source of my joy, well man, external factors are always gonna come and go in our lives, right? I mean, always. Maybe when, when you're 70, you might have a lot of money, but maybe you lose all your hair. 
And you're like, whoa, what, what happened to my hair? And I don't look as good as I did when I was 25, but now I got money. Guys, external factors are forever gonna change in your marriage and in your family dynamics, but let's be grateful for what's in front of us and what's before us, and let's be content with that. Let Jesus be the source uh, of our joy. Uh, you know, what are, what are some ways we can kind of uh, lean into joy uh, right now and gratitude right now? First thing is, one thing the last few weeks I've tried to really focus on is catching my kids doing something good. Catching my kids doing something good. Catching my spouse doing something good. You know, we, we so often like, oh, don't do it that way. Or why did you do that? Or stop yelling at your brother. Or baby, why didn't you do the dishes? Instead of everything being negative and not being the way that you want them to be, what if you try to catch your spouse doing something good? What, what if you try to catch your little kids doing something good and just get this attitude of gratitude flowing in your house? Here, here's another thing. Right now, for those of you that are married, write down five things you love and appreciate about your spouse and tell them this afternoon, right? It's Sunday morning right now. Five things, write it down. Tell them today five things you love and appreciate about them. Try to get a couple things going every day. Within, within one week, you're gonna see revival in your family. Why? Because you're, you're bending the whole, whole, whole currency towards gratitude. Uh, maybe create a gratitude journal. Maybe get your note tabs out on your phone and just write down one thing a day that you're grateful for. You know, there was actually two psychologists and they did a study and they had people write down in one study all the negative events that, that happened in, in their life that month. And they had another group of people just write down the event. You know, they didn't comment positive or negative. They, they just looked at the event. And then they had a third group of people write down all the things they were grateful for in that last month. What they found is that the third group of the people that just mentioned the things they were grateful for, they actually had less visits, visits to the doctor, they had better mental health, they were happier overall, just full of joy. You know, there really is something to just living in a grateful spirit and a grateful heart and just a grateful bend towards life, just this attitude of, of gratitude. You know, what gets rewarded gets repeated. What gets rewarded gets repeated. If you walk around your family and you're negative and judgmental and sharp and, and, and you have a short temper, man, you're rewarding all this negative behavior. But if you go around and you catch your kids and your spouse doing something awesome and, and, and you're, you're being accountable again to your own words and feelings and you're managing your emotions well and you're, you're sowing gratitude into your family, Man, that is a massive step forward. So again, forgiveness, ownership, when, when we get it wrong and that we repent and we ask God to forgive us and we move forward, right? And then building a home full of gratitude. I, I can't think of how to build a more joy-filled family. And those three moves are a huge step forward uh, as we get there. So ask God to invade your space today. Uh, man, he wants to be involved in your family. Again, he's not gonna take over, but he'll, he'll come in if you invite him. Invite him in. Uh, he's waiting on the invitation. Um, so guys, I hope this series helped you so much. Next week again, Pastor Alyssa, Pastor Marielli, they're gonna talk motherhood. You moms are gonna love that one out there. Dad, support moms next week. You guys are gonna love it. And again, I hope you got so much out of this today. Guys, join a Zoom group. I'll just leave you with this. Join a Zoom group. Make sure you stay connected through this season. Love you, have a great day. 
Thanks again for joining us for our City Lift Church online. You can go to our website, citylift.church, and on there we have all the resources for you to stay connected with us. You can go to the New Here tab if you're new. We would love to connect with you. There's also giving online, the different ways you can give. And we have our Zoom groups, which are happening all throughout the week. Ways for you to connect with other people, pray together, and just have fun. So go to our website, go to our Instagram, at City Lift Church, to stay up to date too. And we'll see you guys soon.